0: Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Asset Allocation Weekly Report dated January 29, 2021. I'm Phil Adler. I'm joined by Confluence Investment Management Chief Market Strategist Bill O'Grady. Today, we look at where inflation might be headed and how this will impact investment strategy. We'll examine how we measure inflation, what factors influence inflation, and how markets typically react under various inflation scenarios. Before we move on to the confluence outlook on inflation for the months ahead and a discussion of how portfolios should anticipate the most likely outcome. Bill, when we think of inflation, we're drawn to the Federal Reserve's historic threshold of 2% annually. Under 2%, and, and we can justify juicing the economy with an easy money approach, over 2%, and we lean in favor of believing the Fed should tighten to prevent price increases from spinning out of control. Lately, it seems like the Fed's adherence to the 2% threshold is less strict. How does the Fed measure inflation?
1: Well, this is one of those questions that gets you into the deep weeds of economics, but it's worth taking some time to examine it. There are essentially two forms of measuring prices, an index approach and a deflator approach. The former, the index approach, establishes a basket of goods that economists and statisticians believe represents the purchases of an average person. The index is then weighted by importance, prices are gathered, and an average price index is generated. The indexing approach assumes that consumers don't dramatically alter their purchases in the face of price changes. In the deflator approach, prices are measured based upon what was actually purchased, At first glance, this seems to offset one of the major weaknesses of the index approach, which is the fixed basket, but the index approach may better capture how one feels. For example, if beef and pork are substitutes, but not perfect substitutes, rising beef prices would tend to be overstated in the price index if households substitute cheaper pork and thus buy less beef and more pork. But consumers may not like pork as much, and so the index may actually reflect levels of satisfaction better than the deflator, which measures actual purchases. There are additional complications. U.S. consumer prices adjust for quality improvements. This makes sense. Car purchased today costs much more than one purchased in the 1970s, but the quality is far better. And so in the calculation, the cost of cars may not seem higher than in the past, but the actual amount of money spent is far more. And so to answer your question, the Fed uses a deflator, the personal consumption price deflator that excludes food and energy.
0: Now, are you comfortable with this exclusion? Is this uh, exclusion of food and energy justified?
1: Well, there is a justification, but it's not without problems. The idea is that the Fed should not adjust policy because there's a drought or a war. In other words, food and energy prices can swing based on short-term factors, and if they were taken into account, it would lead to volatile policy. But there are two problems with this exclusion. First is that there can be sustained increases in food and energy prices. We saw such increases in the 1970s and in the early part of this century. There are factors such as long-lasting supply issues, currency depreciation, or demand shock like the entry of China on world markets that lead to lasting increases in food and energy prices. Ignoring them can lead to a policy being too loose. There are also sustained declines that could lead to the opposite problem. There is a potential underlying bias in this decision against lower-income households as well, who tend to spend more of their incomes on food and energy. Ignoring these price increases may suggest the Fed is less concerned about them and thus underestimates the pain that higher energy
0: or food costs have. Well, when you measure inflation, it's not just Federal Reserve money policy. What are some of the other factors that influence inflation?
1: There are a multitude of factors that affect inflation. The amount of slack in the economy matters at times. The openness to imports is a factor. Exchange rates can have an impact. Psychology matters a lot, too. In fact, what drives inflation is very complicated, and economists have been periodically wrong about the path of inflation.
0: Well, how does confluence investment management measure inflation? Do you calculate all the factors that influence inflation in a a different way, or or do you basically use the same approach that the Federal Reserve does?
1: Well, we we don't calculate inflation ourselves. That's an expensive process that's well beyond our resources. But we do focus a lot on inflation expectations and the impact of inequality on inflation.
0: So, this is a complex calculation. In a recent discussion we had, we noted that asset values themselves may currently be subject to inflation. How much attention does the public pay to inflation? Do we change our spending behavior based on inflation expectations or calculations?
1: In general, the goal of policymakers is to create conditions where price levels are stable enough to where consumers and producers don't take future price changes into account to any significant degree when they make buying decisions.
0: In what ways does our spending behavior differ based on different inflation scenarios?
1: Well, for any of us old enough to be around in the 1970s, we remember rapid price increases that led us to buy now for tomorrow we knew we would just pay a lot more. This inflation psychology creates an adverse cycle that exacerbates inflation further. At the same time, deflation can be just as problematic. In Japan, for example, consumers and firms seeing steady price erosion tend to wait to buy until they really need it because the longer one waits, the better price they receive.
0: Bill, review for us the recent history of inflation here in the U.S.
1: Well, the history since the late 1990s has been that prices generally rise around 2% a year with remarkably little volatility. And since the great financial crisis, prices have struggled to even reach 2%.
0: So based on recent history, plus your analysis of the factors that cause inflation and the situation that we, the spending public, find ourselves in. What is your near-term projection for inflation?
1: Well, this is the purpose of this report. Due to base effects caused by last year's lockdowns, normal price increases will lead to a notable rise in inflation that will likely last from February through July. But if not much changes, we would expect the growth rate to settle down by the third quarter.
0: And are you able to make a long-term projection?
1: Well, over the next decade, we would expect much higher price levels.
0: Policymakers appear determined to reflate the economy. Would you say higher inflation near term is the consensus of economists?
1: Yes, although we think fears of a major sustained spike before 2024 is probably overdone.
0: Bill, in the event of annual inflation above 2%, will the Fed remain accommodative enough to sustain equities?
1: Well, that's a tricky question. The Fed has signaled that it is looking more at inflation over several quarters, and so we don't expect the Fed to raise rates probably until 2022 at the earliest. But if inflation fears rise and the equity markets begin to believe that the Fed is allowing inflation to rise too fast, it would have an adverse effect on equities. In other words, if the Fed loses inflation credibility, we would anticipate the price earnings multiples would contract.
0: Bottom line, if you're looking for higher inflation, how should portfolios be positioned?
1: Well, investors would avoid long-duration fixed income, add commodities to portfolios, create bond ladders, and own equities, especially those in basic materials.
0: Finally, is there an inflation data point that you'll be paying the most attention to in the coming months?
1: Well, I fully expect a rise in inflation through spring, but what we'll be watching mostly is to see if it will be sustained. We doubt it will be.
0: Thank you, Bill. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler.